Harmonia, the ancient word for the union of melody and harmony and the music of the spheres. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval, renaissance, and baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. Long before the 18th century revolutions in France and America and the 21st century Arab Spring in countries such as Libya, Egypt, and Tunisia, people were questioning the establishment and making decisions on their own for how they wanted their world to be. This hour, we'll hear some musical manifestations of people taking their lives into their own hands. Let's take a quick look back in time in the Harmonia time capsule. We spun the wheel and it landed on 1455, a year of news and a year to remember. Probably the biggest event to affect music in 1455 was the publication of the Gutenberg Bible in Mainz, Germany. Why does this affect music? The Gutenberg Bible was the publication that started a wave of books published for a wide audience. Before this, copies of the Bible were scarce because each one was hand-copied and usually stored in a monastery or the private library of a wealthy nobleman. While the average person still could not purchase a copy of the Gutenberg Bible, there was no turning back once people figured out that mass production meant more profits and a wider span of influence. The year 1455 also saw the beginning of the War of the Roses. This battle for the English crown lasted from 1455 to 1485 and pitted the houses of Lancaster and York against each other. It was later called the War of the Roses because of the supposed badges of each house, Lancaster who wore red roses and York who wore white ones. The House of Lancaster was the eventual victor under its last descendant, Henry Tudor. He married Elizabeth of York, uniting the two families, and the Tudors would rule England until Elizabeth I's death in 1603. Elsewhere in Europe, namely the Savoy region of modern France, the composer Guillaume Dufay shows up in records of the time as the chapel master for the Duke of Savoy. Born near Brussels and working most of his life throughout Italy, he looked for a position in a court closer to his hometown where he could spend his final years. With an unusual amount of certainty for music from this time, we can date Dufay's Missa c'est la face à Paul based on a chanson by Dufay himself. The words of the chanson came from a poet associated with the circle of Charles Dolan, who visited the area of Savoy in 1455. Dufay wrote the Mass on this chanson around the same time. Dufay also composed his Lamentations around 1455, commemorating the fall of Constantinople to the Ottoman Empire two years earlier. This has been a glimpse back in time to the year 1455. I'm Angela Mariani. More about the Gutenberg Bible and other events, people, and music mentioned in this time capsule can be found in Harmonia's new online shop at harmoniaearlymusic.org shop.
When the famous Medici patron Lorenzo il Magnifico, the Magnificent, died near Florence in 1492, he left a significant power vacuum. His immediate successor was his son, Piero de' Medici, but he's not called Piero the Unfortunate for nothing. He fled Florence about two years after his father's death and drowned in a ship off Venice shortly afterwards. During this time, a Dominican friar named Girolamo Savonarola had been drawing larger and larger crowds with his impassioned sermons, lamenting a society of excesses in Florence, demonstrated by the heavy patronage of the arts for which Lorenzo was famous. These sermons against earthly vanities quickly brought Savonarola to the attention of the Pope. He was imprisoned in 1497 and burned as a heretic a year later. During his imprisonment, Savonarola wrote meditations on Psalm 50 that he titled Infelix Ego. Franco-Flemish composer Cipriano de Rore was one of many composers who wrote polyphonic pieces on these meditations. We'll hear his motet Infelix Ego performed by the Talus scholars.
You heard the Talis scholars perform Cipriano de Rore's motet In Felix Ego, inspired by the writings of Savonarola. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia. Broadside ballads permeated English culture from the 1550s to the end of the 1700s. Author Evelyn Wells sums it up best by saying, quote, The broadside ballad covered every department of the modern newspaper and attained such popularity and influence that churchmen, statesmen, and men of letters feared its potency in molding opinion and taste. Governments tried to censor it out of existence, and foreign ministers sent home copies as straws to show how the wind blew. End quote. Back in 1996, the Baltimore Consort visited Harmonia to promote their, at that time, brand new recording, A Trip to Kilburn, which features music from John Playford's collection of country dances and ballads. Here's an excerpt. We'll start with a dance tune called Jenny Pluck Pears, hear an interview clip with Consort member Marianne Ballard, and finish with a ballad called The French Report from the time of the English Civil War in the 17th century.
broadsides were, some critics refer to them as subliterate, meaning that um, <laughs> they're, they're not high-class literature, they're not even worthy of criticism. But a ballad, as we define it, is a, is a story. It's usually, I'm not talking about a lyrical love song, but a, something that actually is narrative. And this form, the ballad, goes back to the time of Homer in a way. This was their evening's entertainment in the days before television. Uh, it was to sit around and sing these long songs that told stories.
The French Report, a 17th-century ballad probably written during the English Civil War, sung by Custer LaRue and the dance tune Jenny Pluck Pears from the Baltimore Consort's recording A Trip to Kilburn. In between the music, we heard Consort member Marianne Ballard speaking about broadside ballads from an interview aired on Harmonia back in 1996. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, publisher of Early Music America magazine, on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Angela Mariani. Most rebellions during the Renaissance have to do with matters of religion, and the story of Martin Luther is no exception. Luther wanted music that would induce people to participate in religious services. Composers such as Ludwig Zenfel had been schooled in the dense polyphonic method that Luther tried to exclude, but quite a bit of Zenfel's music shows up in collections of Lutheran music. Luther even sent Zenfel a letter in 1530 requesting a copy of his In Pace in Idipsum. While we don't know if Zenfel responded to this request, we know that he sent a copy of his motet Non Moriar Sed Vivam. We'll hear Zenfel's Non Moriar Sed Vivam, performed by Ensemble Officium, directed by Wilfried Rombach. After that, we'll hear multiple versions of Durch Adam's Fall, a popular Lutheran tune that was the inspiration for a chorale prelude by Johann Sebastian Bach over 100 years later. Oh, <laughs> 
Oh, 
several versions of the Lutheran tune Durch Adams Fall. The Himmlische Kantorei sang a five-voice arrangement by Johann Walter, a two-voice version by Kaspar Ottmeier, and the original tune by Martin Luther himself. Before that, we heard Ludwig Zenfel's Non Moriar Sed Vivam. Hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts can be found online at harmoniaearlymusic.org. We continue a Lutheran liturgical theme in our featured release, the 2009 recording Vespers by Pifaro the Renaissance Band on the Navona Records label features a new setting of a Lutheran Vespers. Pifaro commissioned composer Kyle Smith to write a piece not to imitate the sound of Renaissance music, but, quote, to utilize Renaissance materials as a springboard into a totally new work, a new vision, a new language. Vespers is the result of that new language and vision.
You've heard the hymn, Wie schön leuchtet der Morgenstern, and Magnificat, from Pifaro's recording, Vespers, a new work by Kyle Smith commissioned by Pifaro. Interested in expanding your own early music collection? Each week, we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Support for Harmonia is made possible in part by the Crystal DeHaan Family Foundation, serving organizations in central Indiana and recognizing the children and families of Crystal House International. You can purchase Beautiful Baroque, a collection of timeless music performed on period instruments. The CD and MP3 are available along with early music books and gifts and much of the music you hear on this program at harmoniaearlymusic.org shop. Your purchase through our site supports the production of Harmonia. The writer for this edition of Harmonia was Anna Pranger. Thanks to our studio engineer, Mike Pashkash, and our staff, Carrie Boyce, David Wood, John Bailey, Anna Pranger, and Luann Johnson. Additional technical support comes from KOHM at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Listeners who enjoy Harmonia may also enjoy WFIU's EtherGame Musical Mini Quiz Podcast, available for download at WFIU.org with a click on the podcast button. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Christina Kuzmich is our executive producer, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. Harmonia.